1: You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their firsthand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of this super short-run, super niche, and super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. You know, the big problem with these drafts you've got on your calendar coming up you're in right now that have already happened is that you can't draft all the players. There's just so many guys I want to draft. But you can't draft them all. You have to make a decision. I think I mentioned my main LA home league fired up their draft. And I've had to make some decisions that I'll have to live with all season. But luckily I've been doing this podcast all month. And if you're listening today, hopefully you have been following along as well. And we're getting the inside scoop to inform those decisions come draft day. And we're talking a couple players that will be huge decision points for you in the early rounds of drafts, especially in PPR formats. We're talking about the Miami Dolphins today. We've got some Tyreek Hill content coming your way. I dialed up Alan Pupar. He's the publisher of all Dolphins for Sports Illustrated. Yeah, you might have heard of it. You can find him at Pupar NFL on Twitter. He's been there in the trenches at camp. He's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2022 Miami Dolphins. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Alan Pupar. Hello. Hello, Alan. How's it going?
0: Very well. Yourself?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks again for uh, chatting with us. People are extremely interested in this uh, Miami Dolphins team.
0: Oh, it's definitely an interesting team, that's for sure.
1: Normally I start off going over last year a bit, but we're tossing that out uh, because in comes new head coach Mike McDaniel and lots of buzz and excitement in these fantasy streets as he comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree, which has been great for drafters over the years. Lots of talk out there. He will run a similar scheme. Look to get the ball up quick through the air to his playmakers to do work after the catch while also pounding a stable of running backs on the ground. But uh, you're there at camp. You, you know what's going on. From what you've seen and heard at camp, what should we expect from this offense in terms of scheme, formations, tendencies as a whole in 2022?
0: Kind yeah, of pretty much what you just said. If you, if you watch the 49er offense the last few years, that's what you're going to see. A lot of stretch runs, a lot of play action, naked boots, you'll be on the move getting the ball out quick don't that you're going to see a ton of shots down the field but they certainly have the speed to do that if the situation presents itself yeah absolutely again if you're watching the 49ers the last few years that what you're going to see they brought in the same scheme the uh the wide zone scheme 49ers have led the the nfl in yak i know they did last year by a pretty good margin i think maybe the year before as well if that's to be attributed a lot to this team, then that should be very, very good news for the Dolphins because, again, they have an awful lot of that speed with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert.
1: Well, this is exciting. Uh, we we wanted that confirmation bias, uh, <laughs> and it sounds like we got it. Well, let's talk about those uh, the speed guys. Tyreek Hill is a certified fantasy stud, but he is in a new location and new offense. Uh, he's going pretty high in drafts, though so still, though not as high as he would if he was still in the Chiefs. Can you talk about his role, and and what should we expect? I mean, you know, is it Tyreek is Tyreek, or how are the Dolphins taking advantage of Mr. Hill's uh, talents?
0: Well, we'll know for sure when, once the regular regular season starts because practice and even the preseason can only tell you so much because defenses are now really scheming against it. If you look at what he did last year in Kansas City, and I went through every single one of his targets from last season after the trade, I think it's a bit of a misconception to expect the Dolphins to start chucking it down the field to him like every other play because that's certainly not what happened in Kansas City last year. And, in fact, a lot of his targets were around the line of scrimmage, at times behind the line of scrimmage. What what Tyreek Hill does is, well, he he, he forces the defense to pay an awful lot of attention to him just because of the threat of his speed. And you also have to get the ball in his hands because, again, he can create, he can turn you know, a four-yard catch into an 80-yard touchdown Anytime. So what's going to happen is the Dolphins absolutely, without question, are going to force feed him. They're going to give him the ball. They didn't pay him all that money and make him the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL just to have him serve as a decoy. So if they have to give him, give it to him on a jet sweep, shovel pass, wide receiver screen, quick splant the guy's going to get a ton of targets. So how much those targets produce—that's the big question. I and mean, if those targets produce a ton of yards, then then the Dolphins are going to be in business offensively. But if you look at his his yards per catch average last year, I, as I recall, it wasn't necessarily that high. He had a lot of volume, but the yards per carry per catch average wasn't that high, and obviously the Dolphins would like to see that go higher.
1: Well, in the fantasy game, uh, we're in the business of chasing targets, so this is exciting to hear for uh, Tyreek's upside. Uh, Jalen Waddle, he certainly got a lot of targets last year and uh, led to 104 receptions and over 1,000 yards. But that was then, and uh, he was a bit of a de facto one in 2021. Uh, Now he's got Tyreek on the other side. What have we seen from Waddle so far? And should we expect his numbers to dip, or or is it going to be, you know, pretty concentrated to those two guys?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any way that his numbers don't dip, because again, he was so much the guy. And then last year, what the Dolphins did, let's say about halfway through the season, is they really focused on getting the ball out quickly, which meant an awful lot of quick passes. And... Most of those were going to Waddle. Well, if the Dolphins adopt the same philosophy this year, a lot of those passes are going to be going to Tyree Hill. And the thing with Waddle is, like last year, he was great for PPR leagues because he had 104 catches, but the yards per catch was under 10. So he got over 1,000 yards, but barely on 104 catches. The hope with him is that the Yaks and the yards per reception both go up. Maybe they take more shots down the field with him, uh, but they, it's not like they don't have any other receivers. I mean, they do have Cedric Wilson, who they signed from the Cowboys. Trent Sherfield, who came over as a free agent from San Francisco, has looked great in camp. They have a couple of guys who can catch the ball out of the backfield, and they also have Mike Gesicki, who is a good target, as a tight end. So I think it's almost inevitable, barring injuries – to others, that Waddle's targets are going to go down. The question there is, can the yards per catch average make a big jump?
1: Yeah, you mentioned Cedric Wilson. Uh, He's a guy I wanted to ask about because I feel like he gets a little lost uh, in the mix here. He had some pop games last year with Dallas, which was a high octane offense, uh, but I don't think that was just a product of existing within that system. I think Cedric has some game, and it, it sounds like that's playing out in Miami as he had a pretty good camp.
0: Uh, I will tell you this: He was pretty quiet early on. Let's say the last week or so, he's made a lot more plays in practice in team drills. As far as his usage, again, they gave him a three-year contract, I believe, for like 21 million. So I don't think it's with the idea that they're not going to use him. So I do think he would get a share of targets. But again, you are looking at a situation where there's, you know, some there's so many there's only so many passes that they can throw in any single game. I think I'm not sharing any state secrets when I say that if Tyreek doesn't get his share of targets, he's not going to be happy about it. And chances are he might be vocal about it. And they paid him a ton of money, so it would behoove them to get on the ball.
1: Speaking of state secrets, do we know who's calling the plays this year?
0: Oh, Mike McDaniel has been very upfront about it that he's the one doing it
1: okay good Uh, yeah
0: it's not like last year where basically yeah it was it was a matter of national security where we couldn't really (laughs) figure it out and it was never really revealed i mean from the start it said he's the one calling place
1: yeah i remember that that was uh (laughs) pretty 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 peculiar
0: it'd be weird yeah and then at one point literally Brian flores asked the media like like who cares what does it matter and i I literally told him like point blank because fans absolutely care fans want to know and he wasn't very moved by my by argument because he never told us anyway.
1: <laughs> Strange that he's gone. Okay, um, real quick in the three wide receiver sets, would it be Waddle, Hill, and Wilson, or you mentioned Sherfield's popping up? But could he sneak into the three wide receiver sets?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, he man has he looked good in camp lately? Woof. Yeah, and then and then the rookie fourth round pick, Eric azukama uh, got off to a really good start in camp, but he's like really slowed down a bit lately he's still going to make the team because rookie fourth round picks make the team unless they're complete busts and he's not that but i, I think at this point i would tell you that hill and waddle are like clear one and two not even close big gap until you get to number three and then i see right now i almost look at Sherfield and wilson evenly though i think that wilson will get the first shot as, as a number three guy because again because of the contract
1: situation. Great stuff, alan This is why we're here. Uh all right, the running back room is where we need some help. Uh Chase Edmonds seems to be the lead guy here, but Raheem Mostert is never to be counted out. Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed are still around. So I any mean, Michelle is there, but maybe just a camp body. I'm hoping for some of Quandre White is making waves talk Maybe I'm uh lost in my own narrative there. <laughs> How do you see this room uh, playing out?
0: Yeah, I would start by by saying I think I hate to burst your bubble, but I I have a hard time right now seeing the Quandre White making the team. Um, and and I had this guy talked up on social media whenever the Dolphin rookie free agents were being discussed. And yeah, no, he's not. I don't see him in the mix in the least unless coaches see something in him that I don't. I, I think right now you're looking at clearly Edmonds, Mostert, one, two. I think Michelle's going to be your number three guy and for fantasy purposes I would say right now the carries are probably going to be split fairly evenly and then I would but then I would also suggest that I think Michelle might be your your goal line back because he's got a lot more size than either Edmonds or Mostert but they're not the type of team they're not at the end. it's been the case with them for several years where you have one guy where that's your RB1 that's you gotta go get fairly early in any fantasy draft. They don't—they don't have that kind of guy. I think that's a dangerous move. And I say this every year with the Dolphins: stay away from from their running backs.
1: Any of them, the clear pass catching back though.
0: Edmonds more so than the other two. I think he—he'd yeah, be the guy. So for for PPR purposes, and considering the fact that I think he's going to wind up starting, but I don't see him getting. Way more carries than the other guys. I think if you're going to use one of them, you probably go with him. But then that's countered by the fact that Michelle is probably going to get more goal line carries. So which is why I get, again, I repeat, I right, to me, I. If I'm
1: drafting for fantasy for boss, stay away from the Dolphin running backs. Uh, Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> it sounds like a pretty murky situation, so I, I am in uh, full agreement with you there. If this offense is going to work, we're going to need quarterback Tua to, uh, to do something. Uh, he is a guy who takes a lot of criticism, probably both fair and unfairly. Uh, he's led to a lot of real-life wins, but for fantasy, he hasn't been the guy to do so in our lineups last year. He only had 2,600 yards and 16 touchdowns. He was hurt some, too, so durability is an issue as well now in comes hill as we mentioned uh and some praise about his accuracy i mean he's got himself a hype man here <laughs> in his new number yeah, one kidding. how has tua looked and uh and what should gamers expect from him this season
0: uh i think Tua has looked exactly like he looked the last two years to be honest with you i don't see a whole lot of difference here's what i would tell you also though if you look back at again to the san francisco offenses and before that sean McVay with the rams which runs a similar offense you look at Jared Goff's success, passer rating over 100. Jimmy Garoppolo's success, passer rating over 100 in San Francisco. I would expect Tua to be able to be productive with this offense without necessarily throwing the ball all over the field.
1: All right, so more the more the same from Tua, even with the the new guys in town. Uh, I, I I think I kind of buy that to to be honest, but you know, I, well, not
0: necessarily not necessarily more of the same. I think it'll be it'll be better, but I think the 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 style of like it's going to be an awful lot of quick throws quick slant screens that kind of thing they're not going to be i don't think they're going to be a chuck it down the field offense because they have hill and waddle on the outside that's not that's not who they have a quarterback that's not his forte so but he can be more effective doing the same thing than he was last year because the personnel around him is better
1: well why did the dolphins social media team hang him out to dry with uh posting a hype video uh, that looks like a borderline duck.
0: <laughs> because somebody somebody dropped the ball there. I thought they were actually doing. I, I, that's my only. That's my only explanation is they thought they were doing something cool of like, I look at the long completion of Tyree Hill. Look at what I think initially. My my guess would be that it was more to show Hill getting open deep and what that could mean for the twenty twenty two offense. Before anybody realized, yeah, that pass may not be exactly a great pass. But he's had, and again, this is what's so stupid about social media. It's like. First of all, the if you followed him and you, uh, I, I don't mean to be condescending, but if you have like a knowledge, some sort of base knowledge of football, the dude can throw a long pass. Yeah, if his guy's open, he can set his feet and all that. That's never been in question. The issue of his arm strength is not about throwing a, a deep completion; is about making passes into tight windows when he has to zip it. It's about getting it outside the numbers when it needs to, to be on a rope, it's being able to get a lot on the on the pass when he's rolling out and can't set his feet. That's where the arm strength becomes an issue. Because there have been several throws in camp. He had one yesterday, as a matter of fact. I don't know, 50 yards on field, maybe 55 yards on field, perfect strike to Trent Field after he got behind Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. And he's had a couple of those throws. So that's going to that's gonna happen. It's just, again, but it this, the circumstances have to be perfect where he does have the protection where he can fully step into the throw and then the receiver has
1: to get open yeah I'm old enough to remember when he was coming out of college uh coming out of Alabama and uh, I re- I recall <laughs> I recall he was able to throw the deep ball pretty pretty well I, th- I believe that was one of his uh, highlighted traits actually um <laughs> well, the
0: thing, here's a difference though at Alabama if you recall considering he was playing on an all-star team he had a clean pocket for about four seconds and he had receivers would get open by three to two, three to five yards so under those circumstances yeah and and to me, the barometer, when I, when I look at a college quarterback, is, okay, put another prospect in that spot. Can he duplicate what this guy's doing? And there were a lot of throws that Tua made in college, a lot of throws that Tua made in college, that with all due respect, I can see a dozen to two dozen quarterbacks would be able to do the same thing.
1: Well, this is why you're one of the best in the biz, Alan. Uh, You uh, are pretty smart about talking about this and thinking about it. Let's round to the finish with the tight ends. Uh, Mike Kosicki seems to be a decent dart throw in full PPR leagues, probably best. But word is that he's blocking more. How is this tight end room? Shaping up and will any of them be fantasy relevant? It sounds like you know the targets uh, are getting spread thin here.
0: No, they are, uh, without question. And the thing with Gesicki is clearly the number one receiving option at that position for the Dolphins. You look at his numbers last year, I believe it was two touchdowns he had. That's not ideal. No, um, they also didn't use him a ton in the red zone. Kind of a bit weird to me when you're looking at a guy who's 6'6, who's a basketball player, volleyball player. We've got great jumping ability. Who can make the high catch? Uh, maybe that changes, and maybe because Mike McDaniel is more tight end oriented than the two OCs from last year were, maybe they they make more of a concerted effort to target him in the red zone. Could I look at let's look at it this way: It's if if you're taking a dolphin tight end in a fantasy draft, it's not Durham Smith, who's a good two way guy, but not a major threat as a pass catcher, and it's not Hunter Long because. We still don't know what he's going to be as an NFL player yet, and it's not Stephen Carter, who might get snaps at fullback and going to play a lot of special team, but probably not going to catch a lot of passes. So, to me, Gasicki has the ability to be like a good second-tier tight end. I mean, he's not going to be like Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, those kind of guys. But in that second tier, again, if they make more of a considered effort to target him in the red zone, he's got the ability to do some things and... What leads me to believe that maybe the Dolphins do want to do that is the fact that they could have let him walk in free agency. Uh, They didn't want to give him a long-term contract extension. I guess they want to see how he fits into the Mike McDaniel offense, but they did franchise tag him, and they're paying him $11 million a year, or excuse me, $1 million for this season, and I don't think it's to be a blocker on first and second down.
1: Great stuff, and it sounds like we're leaving the light on for Gusecki, especially uh, maybe for you DFS grinders out there week to week. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, he's a cheap guy to throw in your GPP or cash lineups, because uh, it sounds like he could have some pop weeks. We're just not sure when they're going to come. Okay, uh, Alan, you've said it all on this team, but I have one last question, but it's a bit of a toughie. Okay, I'm going to make you put yourself out there. What's your boldest fantasy prediction uh, for this team in 2022? Wow, that's
0: a good question. My boldest prediction is Jalen Waddles, and no offense, especially to any Jalen Waddles fans, is, is he's going to be a major downer from from a fantasy perspective in 2022.
1: Ooh, I just drafted him. This isn't good. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'll be. I'll be okay. But uh, that was not. what I wanted to say. That was not. <laughs> 24 hours ago. This would have been <laughs> excellent information <laughs> for me, but uh, no, I love it. All right. Well, listen, we got to be, this is, we're here for the real talk and uh, we're getting it and uh waddle be where I love it. Okay. And uh, you've said it all on this team. Where can people find all your stuff?
0: Alldolphins.com. Very simple.
1: Awesome. And thank you once again for joining me and uh, have a great season.
0: righty, You do the same. Best of luck. And, and hope I'm wrong
1: about Waddle. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, listen, I, now I know I might need to, to pivot. So the information is is useful always. So thanks again. Okay,
0: you got
1: it. Take care. Jalen Waddle, buyer beware. You are now dialed in. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day.